Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today on the broadcast, Student of the Word, we're going to be talking about our position in Jesus Christ and the most important thing that God has given us as Christians. I ask you this, what is your mission in this earth? You might say, well, to cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, know it's to win souls to Jesus Christ. All these other things are simply helps for you to win a person to Jesus Christ. So let's go to the Word of God today and find out about our lovely feet that bring the gospel to the nations. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's so great to have you here today. I'm going to be talking about witnessing today. I have a series on witnessing. It's a CD series. It's called Winning the World. That'll be a great thing for you. But the text I'm going to be using will be out of the book of Romans. And so I'm offering the book of Romans also. And you'll find out how you can have a copy of your own. The reason why I like books on books of the Bible. You know, my um, publisher was talking to me one day and trying to come up with a flashy title. You know, think of something that will catch people's attention. My first thought was, you mean like God, Acts, Romans, I mean, God just gets the point with, with a book, you know, and, and oftentimes I've bought books with flashy titles and they opened it up and the book wasn't as flashy as the title. But I can tell you this, no matter how much you take the word of God, you cannot diminish the power and the integrity of it. And so whether it's got Romans written on the front of it or else one book I, I read one time on Romans was called Romance and Redemption. I mean, that's pretty good, I guess, for a title, but it really doesn't just say what the book of Romans does. And that is the book of Romans is about our redemption and God's work with us. And so offering the book of Romans, but here's the point. I believe that ministers especially, and, and when you have to witness whatever, you're a minister, but I'm talking to those that this is your occupation here in this earth, that the best thing you can preach is the word of God. Preach the word, the instant in season. A lot of times we preach about the word, but God wants us to preach the word. Take it, explain it, and bring it out there. And I think some of the best things you can do is even teach verse by verse and take it up on Sunday morning, midweek evenings, you know, whatever time you have classes and stuff, and you even have the sermons you preach from the pulpit, at times from the pulpit, take up a book and go through it. Because here's the thing, you know, you can preach on a subject and you try your best to say, this is gonna hit people, this is going to impact people, and there'll still be people walk out that it did not impact. But when you preach the word of God, which is anointed by the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is you expound the word of God, you begin to open it up. What happens is everybody hears something different. I've had people come to me after a service, look, at me and say, Pastor Bob, oh, let me just tell you how God blessed me. And they'll tell me what they got out of the sermon. I smile. I nod my head. But when they walk away, I think, how did you get this out of that? How did you get what I preached from that passage of scripture? Because that's not what that scripture is saying. But the Holy Spirit took it and weaved it into exactly what you needed to hear. That's why I believe it's important that you have many books on the books of the Bible. So I have it on Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. I have so many of the books of the New Testament written out for you that you'll be blessed by it, but really it's the word of God that opens you up. God took his word and there is no anointing you can have while you're preaching that equals the anointing on the word of God. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So that's why I recommend not only having this series on winning your world, but also the book of Romans. So open to Romans chapter 10, we're going to take a look at verses 14, 15. While we do, 
I want to read a praise report, and this one says, I do appreciate all the teachings you've shared. Very timely and informative. Clear, simple, easy to understand. I follow your program every day. My daughter brought me your book, which is Theology Simplified, and I'm so much blessed by the book. Actually, I'm using this book in my Bible study. God bless Pastor Bob, your family, your ministry. Thank you again and be blessed. Well, thank you also. And for those of you watching today, send in praise reports. Tell us about it. We have an open mic. You can go there and also just leave us a message and tell us how much the, the word has meant to you and blessed you. So again, thank you. Also, if you'd like to become a partner with me, I love my partners. We are like joining hands together, but we joined hands because we joined hearts, first of all. My preaching just hits you in your heart. You say, you know what? I identify with him. I like him. And so you become a partner with me. That's what I'm looking for. Not just partners that send money in, not just partners that say they pray for me, but partners that are hooked up with me. And my desires are their desires, which my highest desire is no matter if it's the gifts of the Spirit speaking with tongues, no matter what it is, everything is geared toward one thing, to empower us to win souls. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. And this is the most important reason God has left us here. So he's left us a message, but he's also left us supernatural power to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I'm calling this one Beautiful Feet. You'll find out why. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 says this, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I want you to notice the main thing about the gospel is it's called the gospel of peace. Around the world, people are wanting peace. That's all they talked about for years through the whole hippie movement and everything else. We had peace symbols. We had people talking about peace. But the point of it is peace is not a product of no war. So we try to stop war. We think that the opposite of peace is war, and it is, but physical war on the outside still cannot, uh, even if it's removed, bring peace on the inside. It may bring national peace, but peace on the inside of you that God wants to give you will be there in the midst of war. All hell can be breaking loose around you, but you have peace on the inside. On the other hand, it's possible not to even have a time of war. Your nation is at peace, but you are in turmoil on the inside of you. God wants to give you an internal peace that cannot be taken away. My peace I give to you that the world cannot take away. Peace that passes all understanding. And this is what God has promised to us. When the angels came and said, this is the Prince of Peace, he's going to come, he's going to bring peace to all men. And this is any man that will accept and any woman that will accept him as Lord and Savior. It's called in the word of God, peace is called reconciliation, to bring peace between two warring parties. And the reconciliation Jesus brought on the cross first brought me into reconciliation with God and brought peace into my heart when I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And the two parties that were at war was God and mankind, but Jesus settled the war on the cross. And any person that receives Jesus as Savior receives a supernatural peace. So how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I want you to notice something about this passage of scripture. Paul starts and then works himself back. He says, first of all, how then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? They can't call on a God they haven't believed in. But next of all, how can they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So they have to hear the gospel and then they can believe in the gospel. But says, how can they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? 
And how shall that person preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So let's work this backwards. People can only call on the Lord and believe in Jesus. They call on the Lord and that's how they believe in him. Next of all, they can believe on the Lord because they can hear the gospel. So the person that's hearing the gospel is the one that can believe on the Lord. The one that can believe on the Lord has heard it from us because we come and tell them. They can hear because why? We are the one who preaches it. We have authority to preach the gospel to them. Why? Because Jesus sent us. So if you really come back to it in this verse of scripture, how shall they preach except they be sent? You have been sent. It goes back to the very core of the thing. The moment you got saved, the great commission was given to you to go in all the world and preach the gospel. And that commission came from Jesus Christ himself, not from Pastor Bob, not from somebody else. They may tell you, you have that authority, but you know what? It came from Jesus Christ himself. So we have authority to preach the gospel to them because Jesus sent us. The great commission was given in the Old Testament to Israel. It's been given to the church in the New Testament. Our feet carry the gospel of peace. Peace again is reconciliation with God. Our message has been given to us is that now there's no longer war between God and mankind. Jesus settled the war on the cross. When he settled that war, man has been reconciled to God, but now God simply asks us to be reconciled to him through faith in Jesus Christ. God set up the whole message. God set up the whole plan of reconciliation, but that peace doesn't come to you until you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This this verse actually began with, how can you believe on him of somebody you have not heard? So when we preach the gospel and the hearing of the gospel comes, faith arises in their heart. Why the feet? I know our hands can carry the gospel because we can go lay hands on the sick and see them recover, which is part of the gospel. Not only do we preach the gospel, the Bible says also lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You can even raise the dead. At times, there are things that are incredible found in the word of God that we can do when we go out. But all these things are tools for one important thing, and that is to get them to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. But again, why the feet? Isn't it interesting? Why is one of the most ugly parts of your body used, and that is your feet? You say, well, my feet, are they really ugly? Listen, it's been brought out in magazines. It's been brought out in all kinds of studies. Even beautiful women and handsome men don't like to show their feet. They don't think their feet are very good looking. Basically, they're built down there to hold up the body, and so they're not that beautiful. In some nations, they actually try to keep the feet small and on women so that they will be more petite, more feminine, and I guess that's okay if they do that, but the point of it is, as we grow older, our feet become even worse looking. But God says our feet are beautiful for one reason, not because they're a certain size, not because they don't have bunions on them or whatever. God says our feet are beautiful for one reason, they carry the gospel of redemption to the world. And that's why he said those feet are beautiful. Notice throughout the word of God, the gospel is to be carried. It can be carried across the mountains. Here is what it says in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we can carry it to every nation. That's what was given to the church. And we find them getting on ships and carrying. We find them walking. We find them also going 
going in chariots, going in, in carriages, all types of things, of places to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that commission has been given to us. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. The question asked by Paul was this, how can the Gentiles ever come to the knowledge of the truth if the gospel isn't preached to them? And that's the question he brings to us. We pray for people to be saved, but what about going and doing it ourselves? We pray for someone else to go save them. We pray for them to cross the paths of other people. All this stuff is fine, but it never replaces you going out and telling someone about Jesus Christ. And you say, well, I just don't know if I'm worthy of it. Jesus Christ picked you chose you to go preach the gospel to the world. So the question again, how can the Gentiles or the heathen ever come to the knowledge of the truth if the gospel isn't preached to them? Although in chapter one of the book of Romans that we're talking about now, Paul told us the heathen had the gospel shown to them in creation. This does not release us from the responsibility of taking the gospel to the nations. We owe the gospel to all those around us in our daily life, in our cities, in our nation, and eventually the world. Even the Old Testament prophets told Israel that salvation was confined to those who would call on the name of the Lord. That phrase is found in the Old and the New Testament. So salvation has always been by grace through faith to every nation, including Israel, and all they had to do by that faith was receive what God offered them, and that was salvation. In the New Testament, we've actually got a new birth attached with it, but God has always delivered salvation to people by simple faith and used believers to go take that message to them. Israel's call was to learn the gospel through the law and then take that gospel to all nations, and this is what God wanted them to do. Israel, like the church in the Old Testament was the custodians of the word of God and the custodians of the Holy Spirit and the gospel to take to the world. That commission has been given to us. When we come back, we're going to talk about the great commission, how long it's been around and the power of it. See you right after the break. Hi, Pastor Bob here. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. As believers, we are on this earth at this place and time for a purpose, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Would you like to find out what the Bible has to say about witnessing and how to witness by the power of the Holy Spirit? Then order your copy of Bobby Endian's teaching series titled, Winning Your World. Winning Your World is available as a six CD series for $25 or as an MP3 download for $15. To order, visit bobbyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts 
essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Let me ask you a question. When you go to church, when's the last time you ever heard of a sermon that told you how to go win souls? Most everything deals with the Holy Spirit. It talks about your authority through Jesus Christ, all the things given to us, healing, all these wonderful things, but mainly everything is for us. But the point of it is, is God didn't leave us here for us. God left us here with this commission that's been told us in Isaiah. And that commission is to go and tell people about Jesus Christ and the work of him on the cross. That's always been the main reason that God God leaves believers here. Listen, if God didn't care about other people getting born again through you, he'd haul you into heaven the moment you get saved. No, he gets you saved and then gives you the great commission and then gives you the word of God to help inform you even better of the great commission so that they break up any questions that you don't understand, the word of God will give you an answer. But here's the point. Even in the Old Testament, as well as the New Testament, the gospel was given to believers. And the greatest thing God has given to us, the reason why we call it the Great Commission is because there's other commissions found for us in the Word of God, but this is the greatest to win souls. With all the things going on in government around us today, with all the things happening in world order around us, we see disintegration everywhere. A lot of people are thinking the greatest commission we have is to go and straighten out the government, get Christians into office. All these things are scriptural, but it's not the Great Commission. It's a lesser commission. Are we to vote right? Of course we are. Are we to pray for kings and all that have authority? Oh, yes, we are. But the point of it is, is God's trying to keep as much peace as possible because it's easier to spread the gospel through the times of peace. So the Great Commission, again, existed before the church ever existed. Israel had this responsibility in the Old Testament, but they failed. Instead of using the law, which God gave them to learn about Jesus Christ, which was the purpose of the law, the law was never designed to save. It was designed to teach about the one who could save. Two major parts of the law, the law and the sacrifices. The law teaches you, you can't keep what God asks you to keep. In other words, if you say, give me the law, I can keep it. God says, here it is, but you can't keep it. And you find out they couldn't even keep 10 of them, much less the hundreds that came after that. And so they couldn't keep the law, but here's the point. You can't keep the law, but there is a sacrifice which teaches about an alternative is going to die for you. A person's going to take your place and come to this earth, and this one represents Messiah. This one represents you. This one represents Jesus Christ. This one that represents you says you can't do anything God asks you to do. You don't have the ability to do it, and especially sustain it and keep doing it. But the point of it is when you can't keep it, there's someone that's going to die. Take your place. Shed his blood on your behalf so that when you put your faith and trust in him, you will have a relationship with God the Father. That existed in the Old Testament. But they then later on took the law to the world and made proselytes instead of taking the gospel to make converts. Let me say that again. Israel took the law to the world and made proselytes. That's Gentiles who act like Jews. There's churches today that do that too. They bring in the law, they bring in the Old Testament, they get their congregations to look and act like Jews from the Old Testament. That doesn't make you any more saved. Israel took the law to the world and made proselytes instead of taking the gospel to the world and making converts. And Jesus used these exact words in Matthew 23, 15. He said, you compass land and sea. That's what they're supposed to do. That's where the feet come in. 
them. The feet carry the gospel. Your feet have carried this all around the world. He said, but you have gone into all the world and you have preached the law to the nations and made proselytes of them. And they said, and you make them twofold more the child of hell than you are yourself. That's pretty strong. And Jesus, in fact, informed them there, they were headed toward hell and all those they were thinking they were leading toward God, actually just leading toward religion and acting like Jews, that is not what God wanted. Think about this. If the law was what God wanted for the whole world to be saved, why did he give it to one nation and especially the smallest nation on earth? It was for that little nation, the size of feet to go out and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ with their feet, to take one of the smallest parts of your body and carry the gospel to the world. And so this is what it was for. So Israel, instead of taking the gospel to the world, took the law to the world. Again, like I said, made proselytes instead of making converts for the Lord. That again was Matthew 23, 15. The gospel has always been present, Old Testament and new. It has always been the simple salvation message to those who would believe it. By understanding those two parts of the law, number one is I'm a sinner. I can't keep God's law. Number two, I need a savior. And that's what all the sacrifices represent. And then they were to just simply take that information to the world. In the Old Testament, we have the fact that uh, when they were sent into the world and their message went into all the world, that Jonah went to Nineveh. And when he got there, he didn't preach the law. He didn't start yelling to people and tell them to quit eating shrimp and pork. He told them again to repent, and they did. From the king down to the peasants in the street, everybody repented and great revival came there as again, Jonah took what the law was intended for to teach the people you can't do it, you need to repent and come before God. And this word repent comes right into the New Testament because again, it's not Baptist doctrine or charismatic doctrine, anything like that, that is that important. It's the simple faith in Jesus Christ. Then we can enter in the, the, the doctrines that God has for us. Hebrews chapter four and verse two says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. And Hebrews chapter three and four are speaking about the wilderness generation in the Old Testament. Isaiah 52 and verse one says, who has believed our report? And here's the essence of the gospel, even in the Old Testament, is believing the report. Believing is simple faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the report is. How were people saved in the Old Testament? By believing the report, by believing the gospel. And this is told us again through the word of God. The verse I was quoting out of Jonah was in Jonah chapter three and verse five, where it tells the people of Nineveh believed God and called a fast. Notice this, before they called a fast, before they put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them down to the least of them, the people believed God. They took the gospel that was preached to them and they put their faith in God. And they were not only changed in God's sight, changed into God's image, but here's what happened. God took the judgment that was coming on Nineveh and moved it off many hundreds of years later. By the time that it came along the second time and Nineveh was destroyed, the people had turned away from God and gone back into their religion. And God simply sent again this destruction that came to them. So again, this is in Jonah chapter three and verse five, but we have it throughout the New Testament. Think about this. We're in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter four, two individuals are brought out that were saved by 
faith through grace. Number one was Abraham. Abraham had faith in the Lord. It was accounted to him for righteousness. How was Abraham saved? He had faith in the Lord just like we do, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. The next one that's mentioned is David and said, David said, happy is the man whom the Lord imputes not his trespasses to him. Well, how does the Lord not impute your trespasses to you? By putting your faith in him, your trust in him to where you believe in him. And notice the two that are mentioned, Abraham and David. What's the difference between the two? Abraham was before the law, David was during the law, and then in chapter four, it brings us out at the end of the chapter. We are after the law, before, during, and after the law. It's always been the same. Salvation has been through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They called him Jehovah, we call him Jesus. What's the difference? Not one bit of difference. The people were saved then. Today we have the Bible, back then they had the law. The law taught them what the Bible teaches us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we put our faith and trust in him, we shall be saved. There's the two parts of the law, all brought out by simplicity and a simple point of view from what the word of God is telling us. It's not important that you go out into the, in the streets and tell people all about the Bible and break down scripture. It's important that you teach the essence of the word of God. You were born a sinner because you were born of Adam and Adam's transgression passed on to you. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creation. You have to be out of Adam and get into Christ and that comes from a decision. The moment you say yes to Jesus Christ, you die to Adam and you're now in Jesus Christ. In Adam, all die, but in Jesus Christ shall all be made alive. We were born dead because we came from a dead person, but we've been now changed to a living person and we're attached to him and his life now flows through us. So the people of Nineveh again believed in the Lord and called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even unto the least of them. It later tells us that's from the king down to the peasants in the street. And then verse 15 comes from a prophecy in Isaiah of Israel's and our responsibility to give the world the gospel and the word of God. Isaiah 52, seven, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings glad tidings. This is the quote that Paul used in verse 15 here in this chapter of Romans. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good tidings, who publishes peace, who brings good tidings of divine good, who publishes salvation and says to Zion, your God reigns. The beauty of this is this is exactly what the New Testament tells us. What part of our body carries the gospel to the world? Our feet are covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So this gospel is to be taken by believers to those in the world who have not heard. This is why not only in church do we want people to go out in the streets and witness to other people, but we also support the gospel in other countries, missionaries. We support missions organizations as well as individual ministries and individual missionaries and take that gospel to the world. This is brought out again in Luke 2.14, Romans chapter 5 and verse 2, and especially Ephesians 6.15, because our feet covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace are part of the armor that God has given us. Not only do we have a shield, not only do we have a sword, but our feet are what covers the mountains and goes and brings the gospel to people. We also proclaim the good news, which when received produces the new birth or divine good. This is Ephesians chapter two and verse 10, how that when we preach the gospel, the goodness of God comes into their life, changes their life, and they receive eternal life. This is given to the one who receives. The Greek word here is sama. It means to understand. Those who understand the proclamation of the gospel and becomes one with those in Zion, this 
is the household of God. We become part of the household of God when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This is what we tell the world. You are in Satan's kingdom. You're in Satan's family, but God wants to transfer you out of that, give you eternal life, bring reconciliation, bring peace into your life to where you can become a child of God yourself and part of the household of God. By doing that, accepting Jesus as your Savior, you now become part of God's family. Jesus Christ is your Lord and God the Father is your personal Father. And this is to the new convert to where they can be told your God reigns. You know what? Before I got to them, I could say my God reigns. But the moment you accept Jesus, now he's called your God. And not only does God reign in heaven, you're seated right beside him, ruling and reigning in your life. But the good news is, is that God has given us the gospel to take it to the world. And what God sent through Jesus Christ has now simply been transferred to us. Oh, the wealth that we have in our hand. Oh, the value of the gospel we have in our hands that when we announce it to the world and they receive Jesus, they too can become a child of God. Your greatest call in this life is not just to change government. Your greatest call is not just to affect your community. The highest call in your life called the Great Commission is to win souls for Jesus Christ. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.